So really I've been focused a lot on building out that blog because the uh, amount of money you can make, so I, I know I'm all over the place here, but a lot of the money that I make now is through affiliate marketing. That's like the number one focus for me. Welcome back to Young Smart Money. My name is Apple Kreider and I'm your host. So this episode right here, probably one of the top three, top two, maybe even the top episode that I have been excited for ever since I started this podcast, okay? This guy by the name of Ryan Scribner, he's been somebody that's been a mentor to me for multiple, over a year now, okay? This is somebody who has really taken me under his wing and put me on so many times and really just exposed me to so many different people, so many different ways of thinking, and he's somebody that I really do look up to and admire, if you're not familiar, he's got a YouTube channel that is closing in on, I believe, 400,000 subscribers right now. So this guy knows his stuff, okay? He's very successful online, making multiple six figures. We're working on a couple behind-the-scenes projects right now. So this guy is extremely successful, making multiple six figures. We're actually working on a joint venture collaboration right now, which we're going to talk a little bit more about in the episode today that, that has to do with affiliate marketing. So if that's something you're interested in, definitely, definitely stick around. But Ryan Scribner, he's a very, very sharp guy. He knows a lot about business, a lot about entrepreneurship, and a lot about how to actually start making money online if you're coming in at ground zero. And in this episode, we really dive very deep into Ryan and his story and stuff that he's never shared before, because I know a lot about Ryan. I've been consuming his content since he had like 500 subscribers on YouTube. And at this point, he's got nearly 500,000. So I know a lot about this dude and we go very deep. Okay. This is not a service level interview at all. We're diving into stories. We're diving into experiences that Ryan's never shared anywhere before. Okay. And we're also diving into specific numbers. Okay. We dive into exactly how much money this dude is making. Um, if you've ever wondered how much money these guys on YouTube are actually making, um, he's going to peel back the curtain. He's going to share with you guys some exclusive behind the scenes stuff, never before shared, um, young, smart money exclusive. So without further ado, whatever you're doing, if you're doing some work, if you're commuting, whatever, whatever you're up to, just sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview with Ryan Scribner. There's a lot of value here for trying to build an online business, or you just want to learn a little bit more about one of your favorite YouTube creators. This is the spot to be. So without further ado, let's welcome Ryan on to Young Smart Money. Ryan, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on, man. Glad to be here. Absolutely. I've been trying to get you on the show for a while. I'm glad our schedules finally aligned and we got this worked out. And I'm really excited because in this episode, what we're going to do is we're going to dive pretty deeply into Ryan's business model and one that he is using to make multiple six figures online, which is what we are all about on this show is showing you guys alternative ways to structure your life and structure your income that is not dependent on a nine to five. So I'm really excited to dive deep. Ryan has agreed to let us go pretty deep into his business model. And um, there's gonna be a lot of value here, guys. So be excited for it. So Ryan, the first thing I want to do is give our listeners some context as to where you are coming from. Okay, so first, uh, how old are you right now? Uh, so yeah, so right now I am 23 years old and then uh, turning 24 in March. So uh, just about to be 24, actually. Awesome, right around the corner. <laughs> so um, what, what I like to start with is, is really just talking about your early upbringing and when you first got involved with entrepreneurship, because I know your story is a bit interesting and where you were sort of at before you went all in on YouTube is a very, is a very interesting position to be in. So can you fill us in a bit on, on how you got started? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if we're going back to how I got started with entrepreneurship, that goes all the way back to when I was like 11 or 12 years old and I started a little lawn mowing business. Oh, wow. um, 
actually I'm, I'm actually working on a book right now and that's a section that I wrote recently talking about that um, but briefly the story there is that um, I wanted to buy a, uh, a motorbike like a mini bike those are like the small bikes that you can ride around on uh, and I needed to save up some money to do that and I remember I talked to my mom to see if I could actually get a job and I realized I had to get like working papers and I had to be at least 14 or 15 <laughs> to get a job so I was like all right how am I gonna make some money and I ended up uh, you know, mowing lawns around my neighborhood that summer to save up to buy that uh, that motorbike. Uh, so that was my first time that I ever, you know, made money with my own two hands. Hmm, that's um, very when early. I was a kid. What's that? That's very early in the game. A lot of people do not do not think to, to start getting started uh, that that early in the game. So that's really impressive. Yeah, that was kind of like, uh, you know, the first thing that I did to try to make money. Um, yeah. Even even before that, one of the things that I tried that was a failure was uh um, I tried to open up my own bank in my house and I was going <laughs> to hold on to my parents' money. And um, after I explained to them that it was going to be a dollar a day in interest, they weren't really interested in that. <laughs> and then I remember my dad explained to me this concept of how banks actually pay you money to yeah. keep the money there. And I like I didn't understand that at all. So I was like, all right, that's not going to be a good business. But um, yeah, the, the lawn mowing was the very first thing I did that was like, um, you know, business related. And then I had a lot of things that I tried um, throughout 2000, I mean, throughout my, uh, you know, being a teenager even, I probably have, you know, tried and failed at dozens of different businesses and wow. even YouTube channels. I've had gaming channels in the past. Um, when I was like 14 years old or 15, I bought a metal detector on Craigslist and I started a metal detecting channel. So I would go around and I would, uh, you know, make videos of what I was digging up. Um, wow. Although that channel ended up dying because uh, I found that I wasn't really digging up anything that was interesting. <laughs> so what I did is I, I had some old coins that I had from a collection and I went out into my woods and I buried them. And then I figured I would just dig them up and pretend that I found them. But uh, I didn't account for the fact that the soil color would have been a little bit different. So mm. I got a bunch of comments on those videos saying like, hey, you know, why is the soil a different color right there? You obviously buried that. And so there goes my credibility. Um, but I actually got that channel up to like 2,000 subscribers. So that wow. was kind of funny. It's just one of those weird niches on yeah. YouTube that there wasn't really anybody making videos for. Um, so there was that channel. Like I said, I had a gaming channel. Um, for a while, I was super into, uh, uh, like, have you ever seen Extreme Couponers, uh, that oh, show yeah. there? Yeah, so my mom and I, you know, we when I was like 16, she was renting a house and we really had to work on like saving as much money as possible, spending as little as possible. Mm -hmm. So I got really into the whole couponing scene mm. and we would do like that extreme couponing. And so I was doing some videos for a while there kind of talking about that. Um, but mostly what I found is that um, I was like a serial stop starter or start stopper, I guess. So mm. I would start something and I'd be super interested in it. And then as soon as like the newness wore off, I would just quit. And mm. so that was like a really hard thing for me to overcome yeah. is um, being able to be dedicated to something for a long time. Uh, so then, okay, fast forward another five years here-ish. Um, I had graduated from community college with a degree in electrical construction and maintenance. And I got a job at the local power utility and I started off in the uh, past due bill collections department. That sounds and, fun. Oh, it was a blast, man. <laughs> so basically my job was to go to people's houses, uh, knock on the door 
and basically tell them, look, you need to pay me, you know, 80% or more of what you owe right now, or I'm going to shut your power off. Oh my and God. so that was a very confrontational job. Um, yeah. Honestly, I don't, I mean, I do remember some of it, but it was kind of like, I, I only did that job for eight months. And I honestly just kind of like shut down mentally and just kind of like went through it because it was like, you felt like crap about what you were doing. Um, and it was not a good work environment. And, and there was times that there were some dangerous situations. Um, I bet. Yeah, I was in the rural route. And so I was oh, working God. up north. And I remember one day went up, I went up to this house, knocked on the door. Nobody answered the door. So I went around the side of the house to pull the meter pulled it, booted it, and then all of a sudden, like, I could hear somebody running down the stairs in the house, and this huge guy, like, 300 pounds, six foot five, comes running out holding a crowbar oh over his head, God. and um, he was, like, screaming and yelling, and, like, I've always been pretty good at diffusing situations, so, like, I just calmly, like, talked to him. I explained to him, I'm like, look, man, I'm like, I'm just out here doing my job, like, trust me, I don't want to be doing this, this is just, like, what I have to do, Jeez. and he understood that. But then he was like, yeah, I know, you know, I was recently in jail and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like this guy was like an ex-convict coming out with a crowbar. And I remember like after that day, like driving, because it was like a one hour drive out to that um, area that I was doing collections. And on that ride yeah. back, I was just riding and just thinking like, what the hell am I doing with my life yeah. to be in this situation where like I'm putting my life in danger potentially to uh to make money and it just was like so weird to me that this is what i was doing for money uh the wow. good news is i only had that job for eight months and then i was able to bid into a a better job which was in the uh the power line planning department and so i was doing all the planning and design work for the overhead power line construction but it, i went from having a job that was um very fast paced and kind of like dangerous to a job yeah. that was like so boring and slow where I had mm. like literally nothing to do. And so it was like a weird shift there. Um, so the day was would go by a lot slower. I had to do a lot of like busy work and stuff to make myself look busy. Mm. And uh, it was just not the right environment for me to be, you know, just sitting around running the clock. Um, it just was not for me. And uh, I worked in that job for about a year and a half before um, I took the leap of faith and went full-time with my YouTube channel. And um, I think a lot of people, if you're free to interrupt me too, if you have any questions, I know I'm rambling here, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, um, well, the one thing that I was going to say is sure. we had Jake Woodard on the show about a month and a half ago, and he has he also told a very similar story about, about this. So could you talk a little bit about your experience um, with him and, and, and meeting him? Yeah, so him and I met in college. We were in the same college program together. Uh, he ended up dropping out because he got a job at uh, the, the power utility. And so basically, like, um, if, if this makes sense, that was basically what you were told was like the creme de la creme. They were like, oh, if you can get a job working for the power utility, it's a union job, great benefits, you can be a lifer and get a, you know, all kinds of awesome uh. retirement and stuff. And so for him, he had been, he was one year through the program. He took the, uh, the climbing school for the line department. He wanted to be a lineman. And oh, because wow. he had the climbing school certificate um, in one year of the course or of the uh, curriculum, they accepted him for a job. So, so he, when you say climbing, do you mean like literally scaling like a, a, a pole and like fixing yeah, wires? Literally like putting on uh, spiked 
shoes, <laughs> boots, and gaffing in, and then going up a pole. Um, I, I'm afraid of heights, so I never wanted to work in the line department. But a lot of the people that I was in school with, that's what they wanted to do was climb poles and string wire. So, uh, but he ended up doing that, and he ended up working there. Uh, he, he started there about a year before I did because he mm -hmm. got a job while he was still in school. And um, I remember after I got a job there, kind of talking with him. And then for a while, we were working at the same location. Uh, he was a meter reader, which I'm sure he told you about that lovely job and how interesting <laughs> that was to just drive oh, for yeah. six, six hours a day. <laughs> so like literally just driving oh. six or seven hours a day, like following a map. Um, money was good, but like that's just not like I don't know how you could ever do that as a job every day. Yeah. But um, yeah, so, you know, he ended up also deciding to, you know, pursue the path of entrepreneurship instead of having a job. And he left in uh, January of, I think, what, 2016, maybe it was, or maybe, mm -hmm. yeah, I think it was 2016. So he had uh, a full year of doing, you know, his own thing and being an entrepreneur before. It was actually like a year and a half after that, that I decided to do the same thing. And that was July of 2017 when mm -hmm. I went full time with YouTube. Um, but I can remember like, I'd be sitting at work, like feeling like crap, feeling miserable. And I'd like look on Instagram and he was like hanging out by his pool. <laughs> at the time he was living in uh, Dallas, I believe. And I was just like that, that jerk, <laughs> you know, um, he's out there like at least trying, like even if he fails, at least he's trying. And he, he had, yeah. you know, he's been doing very, he's been very successful with his, uh, you know, coaching business and the, yeah. and, and focusing on personal and self-development as his niche. Um, but yeah, so he was a big part of what motivated me to uh, really trust and believe in myself. And um, after seeing him be able to go off and do his own thing and follow his dream, that was very motivating to me to at least try to do that myself as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, so the, the, the number one thing that I think is a big takeaway from this is that I believe you should scale in to anything that you're doing. If you want to have a side hustle, side business, whatever it is, like you need to have proof of concept. You need to make sure you actually like what it is that you're doing before you decide to, you know, get rid of your main source of income and try to do that full time. Mm. Um, so for me, you know, I had been running my YouTube channel for six or actually I started in October of 2016. So it was about eight months that I had been running my YouTube channel. I had built it up to 10,000 subscribers wow. and um, I was at the point where I was making about $1,000 a month from it. And wow. that's not a ton of money, but it's at no. least proof that, hey, you can make money with this thing. Um, and, and doing it, it part-time too, because like yeah, that wasn't definitely. even all of your attention and time. Yeah, that was my exact thought process is, okay, I'm putting in three hours a day making 1,000. If I put in 10 hours a day, maybe I can make 3,000. You know, that yeah. was my like initial thought process. Um, but anyways, um, doing it part-time and then scaling in helped me to realize, number one, I actually enjoy doing this. Um, and number two, it actually works. A lot of people make this mistake of uh, just like burning their bridges, going all in. They're like, yeah. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to quit my job tomorrow. <laughs> and like they haven't even like done anything. And it's like, yeah. those are the people that, uh, you know, you do hear some success stories. Of that, but I also personally know quite a few people that have gotten themselves into trouble um, by doing that. Mm -hmm. And also, too, the thing to remember is that at the time I was still living with my mom, uh, and uh, so I didn't have any kind of crazy expenses. I was paying her some money for from rent, mm -hmm. and I had my car and my car insurance. So I didn't have any kind of crazy expenses. I was making a thousand dollars a month, 
and I also um, had saved up a lot of money while I was working. Yeah. Um, I was paid relatively well at this job. It was a union job. Um, and I pretty much saved every penny. I drove a 1999 SUV. Um, actually, let me think here. That's actually not entirely true. I was driving that car up until about two months before I quit my job, but then my brother's car ended up, the engine blew, so I gave him the car that I had and I bought a newer car. So I actually did have a car payment at that point in time, which um, in hindsight wasn't really like the best thing, but it, it yeah. all worked out in the end. So it wasn't, wasn't <laughs> like that was detrimental or anything. Um, but yeah, so that is, that's the backstory. Um, and the reason why I started the channel was because I found that my job that I was doing wasn't giving me any kind of sense of fulfillment. Mm. It was just kind of like, this is how I make money. This is going to be like what I do for now. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't feel like I was contributing to the world and I wasn't getting any fulfillment from my work. And um, that's the reason why I started making these videos. Um, I was making good money. I was investing a lot of money myself. Uh, I was doing individual stocks. Uh, at the time, I was trying to be a swing trader. And um, I wanted to kind of like try to combine these things. I wanted to find a creative outlet that gave me that sense of fulfillment. And I also wanted to kind of show people or document my journey uh, trying to be a swing trader and talk about some of these investing topics. Um, and with my background of dabbling with YouTube, um, I always had interest in having a YouTube channel. And so I finally mm. said, all right, you know what? I actually want to take it seriously this time. I want to go all in with this um, and actually see what I can do here because I knew that I had the capability to grow a channel to a couple thousand subscribers, but I really always wanted to uh, see what I could really do with it if I fully dedicated myself. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. There's clearly been a lot of twists and turns in your path. And one of the funnier things I remember is you used to actually post workout videos once in a while. And yeah. I, I do remember <laughs> that I watched a couple of those back in the day. And, and now here you are and um, haven't seen a workout video in a while, but I'm-, I'm That's so, that's really funny. So. Actually, so when, how, like at what, what subscriber count was I at when you subscribed to my channel? Oh, dude, I have no idea, but it was way back there. I mean, you were posting workout videos. I'm pretty sure most of the videos were like in your car, um, but I have no idea what your subscriber count was at, man. That must have been like, you must be my first, at least my first 500, I would think. Really? Yeah, because after <laughs> I got, after I got a thousand subscribers, that's when I basically purged the channel of all of that. So it, actually, that's interesting. So when you start a YouTube channel or a blog or a podcast, you don't necessarily have to know what you're going to talk about yet. Mm. You can kind of dabble a little bit and kind of try different things and then eventually focus in on one topic. Because mm. with my channel, um, I started off with uh, personal development was the topic I talked about, you know, like mindset. Yeah. Um, the second thing was fitness and nutrition because I was super into that at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing was the stock market. And my idea was... I would do like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and do Monday personal development, Wednesday fitness, Friday stock market. And mm. then after a while, I realized like I'm just barely scraping the surface on all of these topics. Yeah. Um, so that was eventually like I realized that the only videos that were getting views were the stock market related videos. And I decided to go all in with that topic. But yeah, you don't necessarily have to know for sure what you want to cover. Uh, and it's interesting too. So for example, a friend of mine uh, has a podcast and he's doing his podcast is about business and also beers and breweries mm. um and he's finding that it's really freaking hard to get these breweries to commit to these interviews because huh. they're just not like it's a totally different world for them so he has said tried to set up so many interviews with these breweries and they'll cancel on him last minute 
And so he's having a really hard time and he's finding like he's kind of pigeonholed himself there with the brewery side of it. So he might actually just make it a business podcast instead. Huh, so, that's very interesting. Yeah, you might find that uh, where you think you're going initially is never going to be where you actually end up. Mm. Uh, it's just a matter of starting and just kind of seeing where the path takes you. Um, and, and so, yeah, you're, what you're actually putting out there is probably going to change. Uh, mm. Thinking about the fact that I used to make videos talking about like avocados and like the health benefits of avocados <laughs> is so strange to me. Um, and because it doesn't fit the brand of my channel now, um, I took down those videos. I just made them private. Because uh, mm -hmm. sometimes I go back and look at them and I'm like, wow, this is funny that uh, this is where it all started, you know, was uh, making videos in my car behind a Walmart. Uh, yep. And that's literally like what I did. I, when I first started my channel, um, I would have a half hour lunch and I would literally just drive around. I would drive to Walmart, park behind Walmart and record videos in my car. <laughs> and so like you really don't, a lot of people are so like, obsessed with this idea of, oh, I got to have like the perfect production quality. I got to have great lighting, great sound, great video. Yeah. And they drop 2K and, on like some yeah. setup. And you can bootstrap it and just start with what you have. I mean, I did. And I did leave one of those videos up that's being, that's been recorded in my car. And it's called how to build and improve your credit score when you're 18 years old. Hmm. And it's literally a video I recorded in my car. Um, the video has like 40K views and it still gets views wow. to this day. And I still like once in a while, we'll get a comment from somebody. They're like, hey, you know, I'm 18. This is really helpful. So it's, it's cool. You know, like yeah. even though it's a video that's recorded in a car behind a Walmart, like, still it's is still is beneficial valuable. and helpful to people. So, um, yeah, you can totally bootstrap it and start with what you have. And that's what I recommend. Mm, Don't invest 100%. your own money into it until you know that you're serious about it. Yeah. And like you said earlier, getting that proof of concept is so essential. And like you could try like three different things with your channel, figure out which one is getting traction and then roll with that. And then like once your channel is growing, then you can start to invest more into the production value. But but the information is, is really essential. And that's what you're going to draw people in with, at least at first, uh, if you're just starting out. So yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people, probably you included, and myself included, we have a, a couple different interests. Yeah. Um, you may not just have one passion area. And mm. so it, it might be worthwhile to try a couple different things and see what's getting the views and ultimately what you're enjoying the most. 100%. A little known fact about myself is for the last couple of months, I've been getting really into swing dancing. Don't think I'm going to make any YouTube videos on it or <laughs> podcasts, but yeah. like, you can have these passions. And sometimes it just doesn't make sense to incorporate them into your content, but um, it's, it's good to have it's good to have those things and have some variety in your life. So uh, that's the moral of that story. But yeah, really and, quick. and so I'll, I'll share too just some yeah. random side note here. I know people like the personal stuff, but I've been getting really into uh, like teas, like herbal teas ah. and like trying different teas and also uh, kombucha, which is like the oh, fermented. I love tea. kombucha, dude. Yeah. So I actually just recently started getting into that. Uh, and so partially because I'm trying to work on like uh, you know, my health a little bit, get back sure. more focused on that. But yeah, the kombucha and like brewing my own teas and stuff at home has been something I've been kind of interested in. Again, not going to be talking about that probably on a finance channel, but <laughs> you know, that's something that I enjoy. Um, and yeah. also uh, I've been going to some more plays because I have a really, I live right by Proctor's if anybody's familiar with um, upstate New York, mm -hmm. really, really good theater. And we have all these great plays that come in to town and it's literally like two minutes from me. So I'm like, I wonder why I haven't been doing this in the past, but yeah, going to plays and that's been kind of like a couple of random, like um, non, you know, finance related interests I've had lately. Hmm. 
These are some Easter eggs. You're not going to find them anywhere else except for young, smart money guys. So remember, tell your friends. All right. <laughs> so, Ryan, um, we've been talking a lot about your personal side of things. What I want to do now is do, dive a little bit deeper into your business model and really share with people how you are making the kind of money that you are online. Because um, a lot of people, they, they see where you came from. You were, had like $1,000 a month at first. Um, but now you're at this place where you're making multiple six figures every single year. And, and I kind of want to break down first thing is like, what are the different income streams you have? So I know you have at least like five different income streams. So can you break these down individually for our listeners and really share, because I know it's not all coming from YouTube ad revenue, uh, where these different income streams are coming from? Yeah, definitely. And this this could be an hour long discussion in and of itself. So I'll try to sure. uh, try to keep it, you know, very much a summary here. But uh, so there's three core, I would call them assets that I own and that okay. I'm uh, that I'm earning money from. Number one, my YouTube channel, which is my core business. That's where I'm making the majority of my money. For but sure. then in um, June of 2018, I ended up buying uh, this Instagram page called Investing Simple. Mm -hmm. And um, that was a page that I had been following for a while. I got to know the page owner. I thought the content was super helpful. It had a really strong brand behind it. Mm. Uh, and he just really found that it was hard for him to make money with the page. He was kind of making money in the in the wrong way. Mm. Uh, and I, I knew there was more potential to make money with that page. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up buying that page in June of 2018. Um, and um, actually, you know, I will go ahead and give this too away on your podcast because everybody's right. always wondering how much money I paid for the page. <laughs> um, I bought the page for about $8,000 and I've never wow. shared this anywhere else. So there's another tidbit there for you. There we your go. Listeners. Young's for money. It's the place to be, guys. We're dropping all yeah, the secrets. Definitely. So I bought the page. <laughs> it had 127,000 followers. I paid $8,000 for the page. Wow. Um, and actually looking back now, I did overpay for that page a little bit. I was just so excited to buy it. I accepted the first offer. Yeah. Um, but I've definitely made that money back from the page and I'm still seeing really good growth with that page. Um, oh, yeah. Andrew, you actually, he manages the page for me. So he does the social media management and he's doing a killer job with that. Um, I but, appreciate you saying that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So that page is another revenue source for me. But along with that came a blog called investingsimple.blog. Um, and I paid another $600 for that. And that was just because there was um, a little bit more left on the premium uh, WordPress subscription and some random stuff here and there. So uh, in total, it was 8,600 bucks for the Instagram page and that blog. Um, wow. And so really I've been focused a lot on building out that blog because the uh, amount of money you can make. So I, I know I'm all over the place here, but <laughs> a lot of the money that I make now is through affiliate marketing. That's like mm -hmm. the number one focus for me. And I would say like for for every dollar you can make with affiliate marketing on YouTube, you could make like 10 or 20 from Google really? because it's such a more popular search engine. Mm. Like YouTube, don't get me wrong. YouTube is the number two search engine in the world, or at least I believe in the United States. I know yeah. like Baidu and China. Uh, but anyways, in the United States, I believe it's the number two search engine. Google's number one, but it's number one by a long shot. So. Yeah. Okay, let me think here. The three businesses are YouTube, the Instagram account, and the blog. And the primary revenue source uh, for YouTube is ads and then affiliate marketing for the other two. Now, affiliate marketing, for those who are not familiar, yeah. is basically earning commissions mm -hmm. for meaningful actions being taken by your audience. Hmm. So maybe somebody, let's say, for example, Andrew launched an app and it was mm -hmm. some kind of finance app. 
and sure. he was going to pay me for every download. If I'm able to get people to download the app, he'll pay me like a dollar per download or something like that. Or let's say like there's a brokerage account out there, which is a basically an account that you need in order to invest in the stock market. Mm -hmm. um, for everybody who opens an account, they're going to pay me a commission. That is basically affiliate marketing mm. and um, what I am doing. Uh, and, and so it, it's basically, you know, referring traffic and earning a commission in the process. Mm. So you're bringing customers in the door for these different businesses, apps, influencers, and in exchange, they're being like, hey, Ryan, I really appreciate you saying that. Um, here's here's a kickback of what they paid me or just like a, a fee for, for that referral. Yeah, absolutely. And but the best example or comparison I like to use with affiliate marketing is think about like a restaurant, for example. Let's say you have a favorite restaurant that you go to mm -hmm. and like, let's say you go there every week and you love this restaurant and you went up to the owner and said, hey, I have a lot of friends who might enjoy this restaurant too. Um, do you have like a coupon I can give them? And let's say he hands you a coupon and says, okay, here's $10 off their dinner. And for every person who comes in and uh, uses your coupon, I'm going to give you a free dinner as well because you're mm. getting new customers through the door. So mm. you go out there, you love this restaurant, you give these coupons to your friends and you say, this place is amazing, I love their food, and then you're getting free meals there in the process. Mm. So that's a very simple explanation for it. It could be coupon codes, uh, but now with the internet, it's, it's tracking links and affiliate links. But uh, yeah, that is the primary you know source there for the blog and for the Instagram page. And, and I want to explain to you guys too why this is such a powerful uh, business yeah. model. So I know we're getting into some pretty, we, we, we're kind of covering some basic stuff and we're also going deep into this rabbit hole here. Mm -hmm. But let's say for example, let's use the app again, for example. Andrew, let's say you've launched an app on how to, what did I say, how to save money or budget money or something like sure. that. Let's say it's a budgeting app and you want to gain market share. So you have a bunch of people who have invested a couple million dollars into the development of the app and they want to invest money into spreading the word about that app. Sure. So they're running ads, for example, on Facebook, you know, brand awareness type ads where they're just like, hey, here's this app we have. Mm -hmm. uh, check it out. You know, well, a lot of people, you know, they might be a little skeptical of that. They're not yeah. going to necessarily click on that ad. But what they are going to do is go to Google and they're going to type in, is this app legit? Yeah. <laughs> uh, app review. Um, what is this app, for example? And um, so let's say, for example, that Andrew goes on and writes articles about his own app. Are you going to mm. trust those articles? Probably not. Probably not, because <laughs> he has a self-interest and he's going to be probably, you know, a little bit biased because he yeah. loves his app. So you want to hear from a, a non-biased person or third party, and that is where people like me step in and we write these review articles. We're mm. a, a very necessary part of this equation here because Andrew needs, you know, legitimate, trustworthy articles written about his app. Exactly. And we're not, I'm not going to do it for free. No. So he's going to have to pay for people or pay me for those conversions. Mm. So what Andrew, if, if he had this budgeting app, what he's essentially doing here is paying for brand awareness by running ads about his app. And mm. then he is paying me for converting that traffic with my review articles or in the case of YouTube, my review videos. So mm. it's kind of this beautiful system here of these legitimate companies trying to build brand awareness and then essentially uh, you know, you're picking up all of that traffic through these blogs that you have 
Um, mm. and, and you're going to find that you know certain niches are more competitive than others. Obviously, that's a very simple explanation. But um, you know that is why I think affiliate marketing, especially for me working with these um, finance-related companies and investing companies, uh, is so powerful because they need these. They need us. They need us to be writing these review articles, and there's no way to like remove us from that equation. Hmm. 100% right. You just went really, really deep right there. So I have a lot of follow-up questions that I want to ask you to sort of uh, paint this picture a little bit wider for our audience. And the first of which is like, where do you go to find these companies that are in need of people like yourself to promote them? Like, what are some of your best strategies for finding these offers that you can go out and promote to people? Yeah, and this is where affiliate marketing gets even better because at first you do have to go out there and find these companies yourself. You have yeah. to do some research. Um, for me, you know, I stick to finance-related companies. It's mostly apps and sure. services. So what I'll do is I will just um, I subscribe to a lot of like newsletters, like Investors Business Daily, uh, different mm. newsletters, and they're frequently talking about these apps and cutting-edge uh, you know platforms. So I'll sure. hear about them and I'll email them. Um, I also will check the app store as well and see mm. like what are the top 100 finance apps yeah. or like money related apps. But the beauty is once you become large enough, they come to you. Yeah. They know that they need you. And so like they'll just email you, hey, you know, we want you to be, uh, you know, be an affiliate for us. So for example, uh, one of my affiliates is Fundrise. They're a crowdfunded real estate investing platform. Mm -hmm. um, and again, it's a, it's a service in a um, type of investment that if somebody's going to invest, they're going to have a lot of questions and they're yeah. definitely going to do their research. So I've done a good amount of content on um, YouTube on Fundrise. Actually, I only have one Fundrise video. I got to get some more content up there. <laughs> uh, but I have a couple articles on the Investing Simple blog about Fundrise. And now somebody saw Fundrise, they're being successful with this business model and they're making their own version. It's called Realty Mogul. So Realty mm. Mogul, you know, they saw the Fundrise articles and they emailed us and said, hey, we want you to be an affiliate for Realty Mogul. So, you know, that would be great. So basically, yeah, over time, once you become uh, an authority in that niche and once you're like making some waves, they're just going to mm. come to you. Um, and, and obviously, like I said, some of them are going to be more competitive than others. Obviously, like the biggest companies, that's where everyone's going to be focused on. But if you can find like these niche services or apps that people might be overlooking, um, those can be hidden gems. Uh, so for me, for example, one of the biggest revenue drivers for the blog is a very small brokerage company called Webull. Um, a lot of people have never, like a lot of the big finance blogs don't even bother because yeah. they're such a small company. It's not even really worth it for them to write these articles. Um, but for me, you know, being a very small blog, uh, it's worth it to write these review articles. And uh, that is a big, that is our biggest um, affiliate right now from the blog is Webull. It's just a very small brokerage company, they're trying to gain market share, kind of have an edge on like Robinhood. Mm. And so, you know, they're doing exactly that. They're pumping money into brand awareness ads. And then the average investor is doing their research. And some of them are stumbling upon my review videos or my review articles, and then using that affiliate link. And then Webull is paying me for that conversion. Mm. Do you remember how you first got connected with Webull? They contacted me actually. Wow. So because of my channel, see that's the advantage that I had here because I already had the YouTube channel. I yep. was already in on their radar. 
So it started off with them asking me to do a review video. And then after I did the video, I said, hey, can I do some stuff on my blog too? And they actually like didn't even realize that that was like a thing. They were like, oh, I had no idea. Like, I don't know how they didn't know this. But yeah. I was like, well, let me write some review articles for you guys uh, and uh, drive some traffic from the blog. And so, um, yeah, so that one, they contacted me. But, um, you know, Fundrise, Betterment, these other ones, I reached out to them. And because I already had, you know, the online presence, they decided to work with me. And so that's a big piece of it, too. You can't just, like, contact a company and be like, hey, I have this great idea. I'm yeah. going to start a blog, and I want you to be an affiliate. Because they're going to invest time in talking to you about the company. They're going to be answering questions for you. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not going to just be like, oh, cool, that sounds like an awesome idea. Let's jump on a one-hour phone call. <laughs> it's just going to be a waste of their time, you know? Yeah. 100%, 100%. So what are some of your best strategies for, for getting started if you are somebody who wants to get into this business model and, and really start making some income here? What are, what are some of the first steps that people should be taking? Yeah, the easiest way, in my opinion, to uh, get started with affiliate marketing is leveraging Amazon. They have a, the Amazon Associates program, which is basically the Amazon affiliate program. Mm. Um, and basically with them, you can sell pretty much any product on Amazon as long as it's not in a, in a category that is non-commission wow. um, and earn a commission in the process. Uh, the only one I can think of offhand that's a 0% is alcohol okay. and wine. So like if you were to try to sell a bottle of wine, um, and, and maybe I'm going too fast here, but basically, <laughs> let's say for example, uh, you have books that you like. Like right. I see a stack of books next to you in your video. Yep. Um, you know, so let's say for example, you want to do a review of these books and talk about, okay, I really enjoyed this book, here's why. Maybe you put together a YouTube video talking about that book, you do a quick book summary, and at the end you say, hey, if you guys wanna buy a book, um, I have a link in the description, it's an Amazon affiliate link if you wanna support me and give me a little kickback. Well, you gotta figure that a certain percentage of people who watch that video mm -hmm. after hearing that summary are going to say, hey, I want to buy that book. And if they like you and they want to support you, they might use your link and then you can earn a commission in the process. Mm. Now, books, I believe, are like a four, four and a half percent category, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. And so you got to figure if a book sells for $10, yeah. maybe you're going to make 45 cents. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's really the easiest way to get started with affiliate marketing. Um, mm. The Amazon Associates platform they are pretty easy as far as like requirements to get in as long yeah. as you have like a blog or an Instagram page or a YouTube channel. Yeah. They let just about anybody in there. Uh, but the only thing is you do have to get a sale within the first 180 days or else they will kick you out. So you mm -hmm. wanna make sure again, you have some kind of presence online. But yeah, Amazon is a great platform to start with because people have a massive amount of trust for Amazon. They already yeah. have their payment information stored. Uh, Amazon Prime just makes Amazon more convenient for shopping. Yep. And um, just taking products or books that you already love and are knowledgeable of and putting together reviews on YouTube or a blog, I think is the easiest way to start. And that's gonna teach you a lot of skills that you need to learn to really go deeper with affiliate marketing. 100%. Now, again, I would say too, it's, it's not a category where you're gonna make a lot uh, I mean, some people are making a couple thousand dollars a month with affiliate blogs just with Amazon Associates, but because yeah. the commission categories, uh, because the commission is relatively low, 
you need a lot of sales to make like serious money with that program. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's consistently like about four or 500 bucks a month. So yeah, it's pretty cool because it's passive income. It's, I don't have to think about it. And uh, it's just from links in my, uh, on my blog and in my YouTube videos. Mm. And, and one big thing that you mentioned there was the transparency and like actually telling people like, hey, this link down here, it is an affiliate link. So if you use it, it does support me. And a lot of people might think that that's going to be a turnoff to people. But if you're providing value, if you're making a video or a blog or, or whatever that's providing real value to people, they're going to they're going to want to support you. They're going to want to give back to you because you just like gave them all this information for free. Uh, you telling people that this link supports you is not going to take away from people wanting to use it. It's actually going to encourage them to use it and, and make them feel like you're actually um, being real with them. Because if you're just like, if you're trying to be sleazy about it, A, they probably already know that, that you're getting some kind of commission for promoting it because, I mean, most people just know that's how, how things work. But, but just having that transparency, I think that's really big. And I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And also, it's important to remember that from a legality standpoint, you do have to disclose affiliate relationships. Mm. Um, and, and so like, why would you try to be secretive about it? And yeah. like, like you said, people know if you're including a link, it's probably an affiliate link. But if you tie that towards like, con like if you tie it to yourself and you're like, hey, like if you almost make that seem like a tip jar yeah. and you're like, hey, you know what? I hope you enjoyed this video review. Um, it, it did take a lot of time and energy to put this together. So if you don't mind, you know, I have an affiliate link if you want to support me. Like if you tie it to supporting you, you know, people are it, like, what does it, it doesn't cost them anything to use no. a link. They just pretty much click a link and buy through that link instead of going to Amazon and buying it anyway. Mm. So um, yeah, definitely be transparent about it. Don't try to be sleazy. Don't try to hide it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, legally you are supposed to disclose it. I'm sure some people don't. And uh, it's certainly not a way I would want to run my business. I'll put it that way. 100%. So when people are getting started, uh, what do you think is the best platform for them to, to get started on? Whether that be, you mentioned YouTube, blog, Instagram. Which of those do you think is going to be the most effective for somebody just starting out? And how should people determine where they should start building an online presence? Well, actually, I want to spin this on you a little bit here because All I right. know that you were building out, when you started building out your Instagram pages, uh, you were able to start making money from a very early, from very early on, right? With uh, what was it yeah. with Robinhood? Yeah. So uh, a couple different offers. One of which was yeah, Robinhood. Uh, another one was this uh, Instagram growth service. It was an engagement group that people could join, and they paid a small fee. I got a kickback from that. Um, so there's a lot of. I mean, I think personally, uh, it's it's very easy to get started making money on Instagram very quickly. I don't think that money is going to, it's going to be hard to scale that to the same level as something like a blog or, or a YouTube channel where, I mean, I know people personally who are making millions and millions of dollars every single year off of a blog or a YouTube channel. So it, it's going to be really tricky to do that from a single Instagram account. But for me, what I would say is it comes down to like what you're, what you're passionate about and what you're good at. Like if you're not good in front of a camera, why would you make YouTube videos? If you're not good at writing, why would you start a blog? So that's, that's the main thing that, that, that comes to mind for me. Yeah, definitely. I agree. It comes down to like what you're good at and whether you're introverted or extroverted. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was really creative what you did where basically um, most people think, okay, you can't make any money on Instagram until you have swipe up when you have 10,000 um, followers. But uh, you know, what you figured out is you could just be like, hey, do you want a free stock? DM me stock yeah. or something like that. So you can literally just have people direct message you and yep. then send them that link. Uh, it takes a little bit longer, but like 
I know what, how much, how long did it take you to earn your first commission from Robinhood or whatever you were doing? I mean, I made money day one. Like I got my first, like the first day we grew it to something like a couple hundred followers. And I, I had already gotten my first stock from Robinhood after 24 hours. Yeah. So I think that's would be my answer. If you're looking to like make money the fastest way, not necessarily like the best way in terms of like the, like growing that Instagram is the easiest. Like you can just, you know, you can have some of your own content and also repurpose content. Um, and then as long as you're creative about it and you use like that DM strategy, yep. you can start incorporating affiliate links from day one. You don't necessarily need to have that swipe up feature. Um, mm -hmm. But then, you know, blogging, I think, is the hardest way because um, there's no such thing as a viral blog. You know, mm. like on YouTube, there's potential for viral videos and a couple of viral videos alone have really built my channel. Um, I think I have six videos now that have reached over a million views. Wow. And I would guess, yeah, it's crazy. I would guess that those videos probably brought me in at least half of my audience. Wow. Because of the fact that viral videos, I mean, I just recently, for example, had a video go viral on my channel. It ended up getting a million views in a week and a half. And that video got me 30,000 subscribers. Wow, which That's is wacky. crazy. Yeah, but you're never going to see that with a blog. You're never going to post a blog and have it go viral. Uh, it's mm. going to be growing. It's going to get views over time. Yeah, uh, it'll be evergreen content. You know what I mean? Unless you're writing like I don't know pop culture. Yeah, like news stuff, stuff. like that. But so like for that reason, um, blogs are much slower growth. But if mm. you're really focused on affiliate marketing that's where the most potential is for income because that is the dominant search engine. When somebody, for example, go back to the application, the app idea with Andrew here. When somebody sees this app being advertised on Facebook and they're going, wait a minute, what is this? Should I trust this? Most people are gonna go to Google with that question. Sure, yeah. some people will go to YouTube with that question, but still, most people are gonna go to Google. That is where most people are doing their research about products and services, and that's where the most potential is and that's going to be through a blog. Um, 100%. Somewhere in the middle there where there's still a, a good amount of income potential, but it's going to take a little bit longer is where you have YouTube. But again, what, what we're talking about here is really not what we should be talking about. What we should be talking about is what, what are you passionate about yep. and what is your personality type? Are you extroverted? Are you introverted? Are you camera shy? Do you not like the sound of your voice? Like These are the questions you need to ask yourself. What are you naturally interested in? And would you rather be like the, the personal brand or do you want to be behind the scenes and establish a brand like my Investing Simple blog, for mm. example, that's like not really associated with me because I, I'm behind the scenes of that. So those are the questions that are really more important in my opinion because otherwise uh, you're going to be doing something you don't enjoy and it's going to be just like my earlier ventures mm. there where I started them and then I just stopped them because I got tired of it. So 100%, that passion you got to find something you're really going to commit to. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it's going to be tough at first. Like you mentioned how, how much of a grind it was to like build up that first thousand uh, dollars a month from YouTube, how that took eight months to do and, and how building up that audience was like a slow, slow grind. And if you weren't enjoying what you were doing there, if you weren't passionate about the videos that you were making, it, you wouldn't have stuck with it for eight months and only made a thousand dollars a month like that. That just wouldn't have happened. So it, it is really it's really important to establish like, OK, what is something that I'm going to be able to stick with for a, a good amount of time when it's not generating me uh, like ridiculous, like Lambo money and and I can bring it to a place where it, where it's actually able to sustain myself. So I think that's that's very, very important that you hit on that. And Ryan, so we're going to wrap this up pretty quick. Um, I got some questions that I like to ask all of my guests, though, before we do that. So you ready to hop into those? Yeah, let's do it. 
All right, awesome. The first of which is what are you excited about right now? So this can be something in the wider landscape of the world. This can be something upcoming in your business. Personally, this can be really anything that's going on that you are personally excited about. That's a, that, that question caught me off guard a little bit here. Let me think for a second. Um, I think what I'm, ex I guess what I'm excited about on a personal level is doing some more traveling. Um, mm. I just took a nine day trip to Mexico and that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was like uh, the first time I've, what's that? That looked like a blast. Yeah, it was really, it was an awesome time. Um, and it's like really one of the first times I've taken advantage of the passive nature of my business and being able to work from a laptop. Mm. Um, and I'm going to do that more. And so um, what I'm really most excited about is doing some more traveling. Um, I would like to do like one big vacation uh, every quarter. So like four times a year, yeah. uh, I'd like to take like at least a week and go somewhere. And so, um, yeah, planning my next vacation and where I want to go next is definitely um, what I'm most excited about. And I know like it's hard to imagine, I, like, I, like what I want to say here is I've been in that situation where I was working at a job making a little bit of, you know, I made decent money, but it wasn't any money where I could afford to go to Mexico for nine days. Sure. Um, and it also, I, I had 10 days of vacation a year. Wow. So like, it was hard for me to even imagine that it would be possible to travel four times a year. Mm. But like, there, that is totally possible. So like, if that's something that you really want to do yourself is like, you want to be somebody who travels uh, the world, like there's ways to do it. You just have to think outside the box. You can't be in that traditional you know, desk job. There are jobs that are remote, for example, but um, it is possible. That's all I want to say is like, even if it sounds like, you know, how could you possibly travel four times a year and take, you know, these vacations, you know, it, it, it's totally possible. A hundred percent. Totally, totally with you on that. The next thing I like to ask my guests is, is there any content that you are consuming right now? This could be a book that you're reading, a YouTube channel that you're keeping up with, a podcast that you're listening to, or any, any content in particular. Yeah, so um, <laughs> the main thing is uh, Impractical Jokers, but that's just more for like <laughs> relaxing because I absolutely love Impractical Jokers. <laughs> really? But, um, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's my favorite show. Um, but anyways, no, I'm more so like from an educational standpoint, um, I've been doing a lot of uh, documentaries on like Hulu and Netflix and kind mm. of uh, watching those. And um, like I said, I've been working on getting back into the gym more. And so honestly, like I'll just go down there, jump on like the treadmill or like the step climber and toss on YouTube videos. Um, and you know, the main person that I've been following lately is um, Jeff Rose, Good Financial Sense. That's his blog. Yeah. Um, on YouTube now, I think it's Wealth Hacker Labs. But if you just type in Jeff Rose, you'll find him. Because uh, he's somebody who has a, a multi-million dollar per year blog. And that's what I'm looking to do over the next couple of years and so i want to just surround myself with that success and and like even just watching his videos showing me that's possible um i just want to like you know keep that in my mind because it's it's a process and um the blog has not the blog is making money uh well actually it's not because when i factor in the cost of my writers and hosting and everything we're breaking even on it um but anyways like it is kind of you know sometimes you look at that and you're going is this ever going to make me money you yeah. know We've, we've written almost 100 articles now. We've both put, you know, because I have a partner in that blog who's actually going to come on the podcast as well at some point. Mm -hmm. um, but we've, we've been working very hard on this blog and we haven't really uh, earned any money from it uh, in terms of like actual profit. And so there are some times that you actually sit down and you're like, man, is this ever going to happen here? You know, but um, surrounding yourself with examples of success uh, is huge because that's going to show you what's possible. And, um, you know, it, it, so for example, like I watched a video from Jeff Rose yesterday that talked about how after doing his blog for three years, he made a thousand dollars in a month. 
And I was like, holy crap, wow. I've been doing this blog for, um, you know, since August, and I had a month where we had $1,000 of earnings. Um, so I was like, all right, I guess I'm on the right track then. So uh, sometimes when you look at a million dollar per year blog, you're like, that seems so impossible because yeah. it, it's so far out there. But like, if you realize that they started where you were at one point, it helps you to, you know, um, keep in mind like what's really possible. Exactly, exactly. And it's all just about not comparing your chapter three to somebody else's chapter 17. Like just making oh, sure yeah, to yeah. keep you it just, in perspective. You just sum yeah, you just summarized like three minutes of rambling perfect, perfectly <laughs> right there. <laughs> I'm gonna remember that one for, uh, for other times when I'm trying to explain that. It's a good one, man. It's a good one. I like to pull that one out from time to time. Um, what, what is one thing in your business that you do that isn't inherently scalable? So just to give you some context really quick, what I'm talking about. Uh, one thing that I like to do is I'll, I'll pull out my phone. I'll send some video DMs to um, like five to 10 of my subscribers uh, every day. I'll just be like, hey, my name's Apple. I appreciate the follow. Um, is, is there anything that I can do for you? Is there any way that I can be of value to you? And just like introducing myself to people and 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 asking them like what I can do for them. And, and that's not something that I could like mass produce. Obviously, I could make like one generic video and send it to everybody. I don't like to do that. I like to have their name in it. Um, but is there anything that you that comes to mind for you and your business that that has that Ryan Scribner personal touch or, or something that that couldn't be like mass produced or like mass copy pasted? Yeah, it's it's me. It's my videos. Mm. <laughs> that's the thing. And. Um, that's one of the advantages of the blog or the Instagram page, for example, is because I'm not actively, because I'm not the face of it, yeah. I can actually scale that. So for example, like I said, Andrew, he manages my Investing Simple page for me. Mm -hmm. um, and then also like I have uh, a partner in the Investing Simple blog and I also have a writer and I have uh, a designer for the blog and I also have somebody doing SEO. So I have multiple people working on that blog behind the scenes. So I don't have to be the one actively doing all of this. But at the end of the day, if a video goes up on my YouTube channel, it has to be me yeah. because that's what people want. They're familiar with me and there's no way that I could duplicate myself yet anyway. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's no way for me to uh, you know, make videos if it's not me sitting down and presently making that video. Mm. Uh, and that's definitely something you want to consider when you're looking at an online business is yeah. the scalability of that business. And just like you here with the podcast, unless we get really good with artificial intelligence and you can replicate your voice <laughs> with a robot, you have to sit and do these interviews, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's but something again, really important. To, it, it's also, remember, that personal touch is why people follow and listen. Mm. So it's a double-edged sword there where you have to do it, but you're also the reason why people follow. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Ryan, you've been dropping so much value on our listeners today. I want to let them know where they can go to find out more about you and more about starting their own uh, business and really emulating your business model with affiliate marketing. So if our, if our listeners are interested in you, what you're doing and, and really trying to replicate that for themselves, where should they go and what kind of links should they be expecting down in the show notes below? Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's amazing too. Uh, I was just recognized by Forbes as the number one channel for oh, making money which is amazing. I mean, I was so happy to have that news and it's really cool to have like uh, some recognition for, you know, what I've been putting out there. And uh, uh, 
really amazing to have gotten that recognition. So in Forbes magazine, is... guys, this guy, this is this dude <laughs> is doing big things. He is in Forbes magazine. Okay, absolutely so. awesome. Yeah, but anyway, so yeah, my YouTube channel. I have a lot of videos over there about making money online. Um, if you kind of just want to explore that and learn more about me, that's just Ryan Scribner on YouTube. Um, if you're ready for more of a deeper level of learning and kind of going in a little bit deeper than what I just threw out there on YouTube. Um, I do have a free course that I've put together that kind of talks about online business and more about affiliate marketing. And um, I think you said, what they'll both be in the show notes for people to check that yep. out. I'll toss those down in the show notes for you guys to peruse. Okay, great. Yeah. So, I mean, I think if you're looking to just kind of learn a little bit, kind of scrape the surface, the YouTube channel is a good spot. But if you're looking to go deeper, um, I would definitely recommend that free course that's going to kind of show you more uh, of an actionable process to really get started. Mm. 100%. Well, that sounds like a plan. Ryan, listeners, be sure to check out those links. They are packed with value. Like we said, Ryan is, is killing it over on YouTube. He's got like close to, he's probably closing in on 400,000 subscribers by now. Um, so he's, he's doing massive things over there. And then, yeah, that, that training is, is immensely valuable. I can definitely vouch for that and would highly recommend checking it out. Ryan, do you have any last words of wisdom for our listeners today? Any parting thoughts that you want to uh, impress on our listeners? Well, actually, you know, I'm going to just throw one more thing out there. I do always it. love on these, uh, number one, when I listen to podcasts, I love when the, the, um, all the, uh, Sorry, I totally lost my train of thought there. One second. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> of course, right at the end, I would have to give your editor something to do. Um, the one thing I do want to throw at you is I always love when I listen to podcasts when the, the person being interviewed flips it on the actual interviewer. Uh, and so I just want to ask you, what keeps you motivated to uh, keep going with the podcast? I know you're in the top 100 now, which is phenomenal. But before you had that proof of concept, what kept you motivated to uh, keep putting out these podcast episodes? Just, just the feedback I was getting and all of the message that I would get on Instagram, the reviews that I would read, like all of the people just telling me about how the podcast had impacted them and how they had just had this idea in their head for their entire lives as I had until I was like 18 years old, that, that the only way to be successful, the only way to make money in life was to get a nine to five. And once I figured out that that was just complete BS, I was like, well, I got to tell other people about this because it's just not true. And, and I saw so many people also falling into that same that same misconception that I had. So so just hearing from other people and really the impact that it's had on them has been has been extremely fulfilling for me. And again, I, I also really like it when you do flip the flip the tables. Um, <laughs> yeah, doesn't happen definitely. To much. I got to like put you in the hot seat once in a while. But um, yeah, I would have to share the exact well, very similar, you know, uh, when I would get messages from people saying like, hey, you know, because of your videos, I began investing in the stock market um, or mm. because of your videos, I started a YouTube channel or I started this blog. Yeah. Um, that's why I do what I do is to, sh again, show people there's different ways of uh, making money. Yeah. And maybe you're not going to be a full-time YouTuber or a full-time no. blogger, <laughs> but there's so many people out there doing it as a side hustle, making an extra couple hundred bucks a month. And that's yeah. just so cool to me that you know you can do something that you like that's fun and it's a creative outlet for you and you're contributing and helping people and making money in the process like it really doesn't get any better than that in my opinion a hundred percent so when you're stuck uh shutting people's power off and you're really wishing you could take those <laughs> nine days in florida every quarter or in mexico, in mexico rather. Right, yeah <laughs> what you got to do is uh, get out there start your own online business ryan scribner is the man to show you how it's done ryan thank you again so much for your time i appreciate you spending it here 
with our listeners today. I know I got a ton of value out of it. I know they got a ton of value out of it. And if you guys listen to this show, um, shoot Ryan a DM over on Instagram at Ryan Scribner Official. Tell him that you found him on Young Smart Money. I'm sure he will love to hear from you. Um, Guys, that's going to wrap it up for the show. Ryan, thank you again so much for your time, man. I really do appreciate it. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Well, guys, that's going to wrap it up for the show. I've got a ton of value out of this episode of Young Smart Money. If you did, as always, do remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes and subscribe to the show. If you get a lot of value out of it, subscribe. Get notifications every time a new episode comes out. We're coming out with them more and more frequently every single week, so you can always count on your fix of Young Smart Money. Otherwise, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for the show, always feel free to DM those to me at Apple Crater Official on Instagram. I read all of my DMs. I will reply to you within a couple hours. And I just love to hear your guys' feedback. Again, five stars on iTunes. Shoot me a DM on Instagram. All of that good stuff. And have a wonderful, wonderful day. Real quick, just launched a new project called the Online Course Examiner. Basically, the Yelp of online courses. It is blowing up lately. OnlineCourseExaminer.com. Check it out.